0: This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 18, Pride, Morality, and Hope. You can find the show notes of this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Acts, Chapter 12, Verse 7, CSB. welcome back to the psalms to god podcast this is your host re we are back in the book of acts and we're in chapter 12 chapter 12 is not actually about the formation of the christian church it's not really historical in the sense that it gives us a view of the first century church um, but it is extremely relatable and i thought it was important to go through this chapter and to dive in a little bit because of all of the things that i was able to pull out and learn or at least dwell on for myself i think that it's a very deep chapter if you take the time to really dig through the material so that is what we're going to do today we're going to break it apart into three parts and each part is really following one of the people that is discussed within this chapter the first person i want to talk about is herod Then we're going to talk about Peter. And then we're going to talk about this unknown or little known servant named Rhoda. So before we jump into it, let's go through a brief synopsis of what happened for those who have not read it yet. Chapter 12 talks about the persecution of the church at the hand of Herod. So Herod is the king. He is out killing people. He kills James, the brother of John. And then he captures Peter and has the intent of killing Peter as well. Fortunately, God is looking out for Peter. So God shows sends an angel to the jail. He shows up. He rescues Peter, breaks him out of jail. Peter is able to escape. And Peter ends up at the home of John's mother. And at this home, a servant girl named Rhoda is who answers the door. And Rhoda is completely floored by the fact that Peter is standing there, so much so that she totally forgets to even let him in. Um, All of the people who are there are shocked and it causes quite the commotion, but it is a joyous occasion and Peter is able to pass on words to other uh, disciples and apostles and then go on about his work for the Lord. Meanwhile, Herod is discovering that his prized prisoner has escaped and he blames the guards for it. So he has the guards put to death. Um, And then he goes on, I guess, what we would call a vacation or something. He ends up in a different area. And while he's there, The rulers in that particular region start um, sucking up to him and they're basically bowing down to him. They're calling him a god and all of these things. And Herod does not um, deny these claims. He basically goes with it and um, allows them to kind of worship him in a way. And so God strikes him dead. So that is the basis of what we're working with. Now let's talk about Herod first. Clearly Herod had a lot of pride. Herod reminds me of a particular ruler um, in our country today in that we see him be extremely arrogant but also extremely detached from what's going on around him. He's so narcissistic that he is completely unable to realize that he has failed. And what I mean by that is He kills James, but he fails to contain Peter. He has just suffered an enormous blow to his plan and his vision. But then he gets in front of people and they're saying that he is like a god. And instead of being humble or having this process of thought that he has just failed in what he thought he was doing, he accepts this praise. Um, He's basically Delusional um, because he doesn't. I mean, you would think after losing your prisoner that you would be on edge or that you would be self conscious or, you know, insecure, but he's not. Um, and I think that Herod is a picture of pridefulness, right? This is who we do not want to be in the scenario. But sometimes we do get caught up in ourselves and we have to watch ourselves and i had to go do some digging on herod to understand this last section um which i might add i thought it was pretty cool that the chapter is really book by him in the beginning he is basically the all-powerful king he is putting christians to death and in the end he is a failure god has defeated him and he ends up being dead and reaping what he sows but I thought it was weird because, I mean, we know that the Romans thought that they were gods. We know that kings were pretty much against God and against God's people. And I kind of wondered, like, why did why did God even care that Herod thought that he was a god? Like, why did God bother to punish him? Because most of the time, God is only punishing those who belong to him. But as I was reading a commentary, I actually found that this king actually followed the the law of Moses. And so he would have been expected to respect that Yahweh is the only God, even though he had not accepted Christ as his savior. And I thought that was interesting because um, it shows that you can become lost even when you are supposedly believing in the right thing. And I thought it was a picture perfect lesson because a lot of people who claim to be christian um they lose sight of the bigger picture which is clearly what herod did even without accepting the messiah he still should have been worshiping god and he still should have been putting god as first and god there are no other gods but god and so the fact that he didn't see christ as the messiah is evident by the dis the disjointedness in his relationship with God. The same way he easily brushed away God's divinity and allowed himself to think that he was divine is the same reason why he couldn't see that Christ is the Messiah. So that's definitely um, an interesting thing to remember for ourselves because as we fail in our relationship with God, it can lead to other failures. Um, And you will reap what you sow. The second person I want to talk about is Peter. So Peter is miraculously rescued from prison. And one of the things that I always remember um, when I was younger is this kind of revelation of what is moral and what is immoral and how that relates to the law. I know it seems like I just totally jump subjects, but one of the most defining moments, I guess, in, in perception, or I don't even know how to describe it, but I remember sitting down one day and realizing that what is illegal in our country, or what is legal in our country, is not necessarily what is right or what is wrong. For instance, it is wrong to commit adultery, it is wrong to cheat on your spouse, that is morally wrong. However, it is not illegal. You will not go to jail for that. Conversely, it used to be legal to discriminate against people on the basis of their skin color, but that was immoral. It's not right, but it was perfectly legal. And so a lot of times we have these laws that are unjust. And, you know, when you're growing up, a lot of us are just taught to follow the rules or to follow the law because it's it's hard to explain the nuances of these things to small children. But I think it's important that we do because I remember this moment so clearly because it was you know, it was a shattering of of images and stereotypes and up until that point I think if someone had told me that they had been in jail, I would have automatically just assumed the worst. You're a criminal, you're a horrible person. But there are a lot of people who went to jail that are great people and they were actually in jail because there's something wrong with the law, not because there's something wrong with them. Peter being one of those people, Paul being one of those people, a lot of the civil rights leaders being some of those people. Um, And so I think that reading the story of Peter kind of put that back into perspective. It brought me back into that moment where I was thinking about like Peter is doing everything that he's supposed to be doing for God and yet he's sitting in a jail cell. And I think that can happen to us literally and figuratively where we are doing everything that we know how to do, we're being as moral as we can be and yet we end up in a corner and we end up in a place of discomfort and we end up offending people or we end up, um, you know, backed against the wall with what we think are no options and it's important to keep hope in those situations because just like god delivered peter he will deliver us um and i should add a caveat that we should not expect the deliverance we should be um we should not be afraid of death because we know that we have eternal life through christ and so we should be willing to die for our belief in God, but we should also hold fast to the hope that he will deliver us. In some cases, like that of James, there was a purpose and a reason why James died. I don't know what it is. Only Christ knows that. Only God knows that. But in other cases, it may be that you still have work to do. It may be that you know you are needed by someone and um, God still has a purpose for you in this life, and so he will come and save you, just like he saved Peter. Now, the last person I wanna talk about, last but not least, is Rhoda. Rhoda is one of the few female characters in the Bible that is mentioned by name, and this is the only time she's mentioned, and we still get her name, which is very interesting. She is clearly some sort of servant because she's opening the door, Um, and she is shell-shocked that Peter is standing there. And I think that the story of Rhoda is the story of all of us because the church had been praying for Peter nonstop, and here Peter is, exactly what they've prayed for, and Rhoda's reaction is not to open the door and welcome him and give him a hug or greet him, but she leaves. She runs back in the house to tell everybody and she leaves Peter standing outside, um, which is, you know, it sounds crazy, but I think we all do that. Like we pray and we hope, but we don't actually think it'll happen. I mean, if they as some of them probably knew that God could do what they were asking, but Many of them probably had significant doubts. Christ Himself said if we had faith the size of a mustard seed, we could move mountains. And I, I know even in myself, like I'll be asking God things, and logically I'll be like, yeah, God can do anything. But at the same time, you have this this tiny portion of doubt, this this doubt that's telling you that no, he's not gonna do that, or that's stupid, or it's not important, or whatever. And That seems to be what happened here, Um, that either they were in doubt and they didn't think that this miracle could happen. Um, I'm not really sure about Rhoda, or Rhoda could have just been like super excited, but when she goes and tells the people who are in the house with her, they are convinced that she's wrong, that she's mistaken, this is not Peter at the door, it's a messenger or something, it's an angel. And I just found it, interesting um you know it take it in this context imagine that somebody in your congregation had cancer and you guys have been praying for them to be healed from cancer for like months weeks years however long and you've been praying and you've been praying and this person comes up and they're like i've been healed and everybody's like no they're not really healed they're they're dead they're gonna die and no one believes them. That's kind of the feeling that I got when I read the reaction of the church to Peter standing there. And it hit me hard because I relate to that. I relate to having prayed and prayed and prayed and then you see the opportunity and you're like, that's not for me. That's, that's not really happening because we don't really trust God as much as we say we do. And that's something that I want to work on for myself, Um, you know, you have to determine whether you need to work on that for you. But if you're anything like me, we're in that fight together, we both need to be praying on that topic. And so I thought it was, I don't know, I just thought it was very relatable to see how Rhoda reacted, to see how the people around her reacted. And I thought it was interesting that they actually name her, um, because it it's not necessary. They could have just said the girl opened the door or the girl who opened the door. Um, why was it important to give her a name? And I'm not really sure if it's because she had some sort of importance that we don't learn about, or if it's to draw attention to what we've just been talking about. That sometimes we just get so overwhelmed by this scenario that we forget to appreciate it that we forget to thank god that we forget to let it into our lives um etc etc and so i definitely i definitely felt this chapter like i said each of these characters um, each of these people i don't like to call them characters makes it sound fictional but each of the people discussed in this chapter um, I think we can all relate in some way. I know we hate to say that we can relate to Herod, but we do have our prideful moments where we forget um, where we forget about God and we think that we've accomplished things and we haven't. So I just wanted to touch on this chapter because it's important for us to recognize these traits within ourselves and to acknowledge um, the good and the bad, and to be mindful of how we react to things so from this you know my takeaway was that i need to work on my faith just like uh the early church and whatnot i don't want to be like rhoda i don't want to see a blessing standing at my door and forget to open the door i don't want to be prideful like herod Um, but i also i want to be able to sleep soundly um when i am in a tight spot and um, I should add I don't think I mentioned in the episode for those who didn't read the chapter Peter was asleep when the angel came to rescue him and of course you know being asleep while you're awaiting your death that like I don't think that I would be able to sleep so it's it shows a peace and a calmness that Peter had in trusting that everything would be alright and I'd like to say that if someone came and got me tomorrow and told me that they were gonna kill me, that I would have that kind of peace as well. So that is what I will be working on. I'm going to pray for the same for you guys, and I will see you guys next week when we dive into the ministry of Paul. That's what most of the rest of the book of Acts is about. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, all of those wonderful things check out the blog www.salmsaguide.com 2 and I will see you guys next week. Bye!